All right, here we go. We got uh, McDonald's All-American, California Gatorade Player of the Year, All-Pac-12 team twice, once her freshman year, second time her sophomore year, a.k.a. the general, Tahina <laughs> Pow So how, how did you get that nickname? Um, Honestly, my brother started tweeting the general, but I'm pretty sure he got it from one of his friends on Twitter, so... I'm just gonna say my brother started calling me that and just blow up from there. <laughs> yeah. I like that nickname for you. I, I think you're a good leader, so I, I, it fits you well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, so when did you uh, first start playing and when did you first start taking basketball seriously and training? Um, I first started in first grade. I played multiple sports before that. I played softball, soccer, you know, all the sports that your parents want to, you know, get you tired. So when you get home, you can just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I first really took basketball serious was probably fifth grade year when I played with um, T-Bam, who was, you know, my coach throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually put me on the... 16u basketball team as a fifth grader oh really yeah (laughs) so that's when i really took it serious because that told me how serious i can go and how far i can go from there so you were how old playing with 16u how old are you in fifth grade carlos i don't (laughs) (laughs) um maybe like 10 11 that's crazy yeah so you were playing up for what years and they against boys or girls oh girls oh okay. yeah for oh, sure yeah. i did play um against boys growing up though yeah because my parents wanted me to be more tough and you know growing up with brothers you also get that competitiveness and toughness so i did play with boys for a while and then my parents wanted me to get used to playing with girls obviously right. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned your brothers a little bit um but Besides your brothers, who are, who are some of the most influential people in your basketball journey, and how have they helped shape your development as a player? Um, a lot of people have helped me throughout this journey, but I'm going to have to say my dad, mm-hmm. uh, T-Bam, definitely have to say KP, Kelsey Plum, because she's also been part of this journey and has been knowing me for quite some time, um, and God. Yeah. Honestly, God has helped me throughout this journey, and I'm very blessed, and I glorify him all the time to thank him for letting me play this game because, you know, it can be taken away from me very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, it's it's cool that you mentioned your dad because, like, I remember when your dad came here, and uh, he's always in the gym with you. Yeah. I feel like your family does such a good job supporting you. Like, that's what I've witnessed. Like, your brother's always in the gym with you. Mm-hmm. Your dad's in there. It's like it's like a it, it's kind of like it takes a village. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. That speaks highly to my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Samoan, so our cultures revolve around family and support. And I just can't thank them enough for what they've done so far in my life. Yeah, they're awesome. They're really cool. Um, yeah, no, I love them. <laughs> he's like basically my best friend. Like he's literally trained me and like I grew up in like a football family yeah so it was really hard for him and me to create that relationship through basketball because 
we both didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) So it was like a lot of trial and error with him. And like, I threw a lot of attitudes because, you know, girls, you know, Mm. throw a lot of attitudes. (laughs) So it was a really, um, it's what brought us together. Um, Just learning basketball, growing up with each other and going through that. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome, awesome journey. Yeah, it, it, and he, like I said, he's a, he's a great guy. Like he, when he was out here, he took me to breakfast. <laughs> yeah, like, no, oh, he's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that about them. Um, so yeah, and, and shout out to your brother, man. Like, he, yeah, he really no, I, yeah, shout out to him. He's literally left his life to come support and help me. And I took it for granted for the first year because I was like, yo, why are you sending my brother up here? Like, I can take care of myself. But then as months gone by, I was just really blessed to see. And it was during COVID. So you know how, like, during COVID, you're, like, quarantining. You're, like, by yourself. So being able to have him in a familiar face, it helped a lot get through. It helped me a lot to get through that year. Right. So let's go back to your high school days for a bit. When you played at Loyola county country day school um you, you kind of um had to deal with injuries like your freshman and sophomore year right um what, what happened to you and uh how did those injuries happen um so i just came off a great summer aau in eighth grade mm-hmm. going into my freshman year i was one of like the big house names you know you got to watch out for her watch out for tahina not to be prideful but um Freshman year, um, it was a, it was just a regular practice. I um, I went up for a layup. I felt something kind of, um, like I hyperextended it, and then I was like, I got up. Oh, I could walk, run, and so I just did that, and then I did a euro step, and then I felt like my knee jolt. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like I didn't know what to think. I told my dad, and then. He was like, okay, we have to get an MRI right away. Mind you, let me start, like, beginning. My brother, Mm -hmm. my other brother tore his ACL, his right one, before I did. Oh, really? Yeah. So I asked him, like, hey, like, what kind of feeling did you get? Like, how did it feel? Were you able to walk? And he literally explained the same symptoms I had. And at this point, I was, like, really scared because my MRI was, like, you know, a few days away. And I was just telling myself, like, there's no way I tore my ACL. Like, there's something that's not going to be non-surgical. Like, there's no way that I can end up like my brother. And so we went to MRI. The next day, we got the results. Doctor called, hey, like, can you come in? We got the results. So me and my dad was waiting in the room. Mm -hmm. Doctor comes in, and and he goes, she has tore her ACL in her right knee. And... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Me and my dad just started bawling, crying. Yeah. I was bawling my eyes out. I was crying because I was going in there like, there's no way I tore my ACL. Like, mm-hmm. this will be fine. Like, I'll be back in like, you know, a couple couple weeks, some month. And I just remember that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I tore my ACL. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And like, the first thought was just like, what am I going to do with basketball? who am I without basketball? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I didn't mean my dad was just crying. Like we didn't even say anything. Like, and then you can hear my dad, like ask the doctor, like, what are the next steps? Yada, yada, yada. And I get home and just like, my brother was comforting me. Like you can get through this. Like I've been through this. 
um, you know, just we're in this together and we're in this journey. But my brother was already months into his ACL journey. So like he was already like doing exercises and all that. But um, I got the surgery. Um, It went well. Uh, So... Do you remember what you used for the surgery, for the reconstruction? Uh, I used my patella tendon. Yeah, he also uses patella because he told me to use that. And I was like, okay, I'll use it. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. And then it's very unusual for an ACL patient to come back three to four months post-op. Yeah, I saw that. I, was like, <laughs> I saw that. And you came back three to four months back, and because I've tore my ACL. Yeah. And Wait, really? Yeah. I never you, knew that. Oh yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but wow. Yeah. So you, you tore your ACL, and then uh, you did your patella, right? I did my patella. Yeah. And you came back three to four months. Yeah. That's crazy. Very, very unusual. So how California works, I tore my ACL in November. Let's see, December. Hmm. Yeah, I came in like a couple months after that, but I was in like rehab every day after school. Like my parents would pick me up and we'd go right to rehab, 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 rehab. Um, Just slowly coming back. And like I was telling my athletic trainer or like the rehab person like, Yo, I'm coming back. Like, right. get me, get me back to who I was before surgery. Yeah. Like, I'm coming back during the season. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, is there like any way we can do that? And they were just like, you have to be diligent. You have to work really hard. You have to rehab every single day and listen to your body. And so, you know, I came back four months. Um, I did all right. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could have done a little better. Um, so that goes. So I ended my freshman year pretty good. So you came back in time to finish. Oh yeah, at the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. It was like maybe three games because we lost in the like the playoffs. Right. <laughs> you, well, okay, so if you guys lost in playoffs as a freshman, you were playing on varsity then. Yeah, I was on varsity. Okay. Um, I had a lot of great players that I played with. Um, I played with them in AAU as, as well. So um, freshman year ended ended on you know a losing note. Uh huh. Um. And then I went right into AAU. Yeah. No, no time off. I was still working out. Um, you know, going through all that, and then I still played summer ball. Mm-hmm. I did not take a break. I went right into it, right into the practices and the games. And then I took like a, you know, like maybe like a one or two weeks off after that summer ball circuit. And then. Sophomore year started. <laughs> um, oh, mind you, I also tore my right ACL. It was the right one. It was the right one. Okay. It was the first one was the right one. And then sophomore year started, you know, practices, um, exhibition games, all that. And then my first game, sophomore year, um, it was during a game and this game, I actually, like, shook a girl mm-hmm. to where she fell. Like, I crossed her up. Mm-hmm. And then probably, like, two plays later, I was going for a um, a steal. And I went, I planted, and I jumped up. And when I landed, I had the same feeling I had when I tore it the first time. That's crazy. This Is, is this the same knee? No, it's the left one. It's the left one. This yeah. <laughs> And 
it was non-contact. So, you know, that had to be, you know, something wrong with me. It, I, it was literally the same feeling I had the first time I tore it. So that time I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just tore my other ACL. And I was just like, I was telling myself, I was like, please, no, please, no, this can't be my ACL. This can't be my ACL. But knowing in the back of my mind, it was my ACL. And so I got lifted off. I got into the car. I was telling myself this. I was telling myself, like, I for sure tore it. Like, there's no way, like it's something else like I tore it again and um I didn't want to tell my parents because I knew it would devastate them and like Mm -hmm. stuff like that so I just told my dad let's get an MRI to check it out results come in Tina you have tore your left ACL (laughs) man and the thing about the ACL I think people don't realize how agonizing like the process is to get back. Oh my gosh, they have no idea. <laughs> got to learn how to walk again. <laughs> yeah, you literally got to have the form and the mechanics right again and just like getting the feeling back in your leg. But um I mean, that's what the doc said when I first tore my ACL, I was like you probably have a 95% chance of tearing the other one because of how mm-hmm. much you weight put on that one leg and how much you depend on the other leg. Mm-hmm you're most likely going to tear it again. I was like, okay, I'll take the 5% chance. That, yeah. You know? That's what they say, too. And it's, I think part of it is also, like, the muscle. Yeah, like you said, the muscle imbalance. Yeah, exactly. Have. And just, like, how imbalanced they are. And it was just, like, it was annoying because I was like, damn, I really tore it again. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> and it's a uphill battle. Oh, uphill battle. But this time around, I knew I had to take a whole year off. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew, like, there's no way I'm going to, I can't, I can't do this again for, yeah. So I took a year off. It was probably the best I've, I've felt in a long time being able to, you know, take my time and just be able to listen to my body and be able to come back from it again. Uh But I don't remember what tendon I used, but it was a long year. It was a long process, long journey. And I mean, I went through it again, but I knew what to do. Yeah. So it was kind of like an easier process, but at the same time, still hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. It's like you, you get the experience from the first one, so you're like, okay, I, I got to make sure I do this. Yeah, you know? and, exactly. Yeah, you learn from it. Well, But like I said, like it doesn't make it any easier just because you've gone through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's <laughs> such a gruesome injury. Like, especially after surgery. Like, when you wake up and your knee's just fat. Oh, my gosh. Is <laughs> And then you have, like, that machine, the machine that just moves your knee back and forth. Yeah. My mom had that on, like, all day. Like, no rest. You know, that's what I think. Because, so like, I, what I've noticed, like, everybody kind of goes about their recovery a little different. My first time around, I didn't use that machine. Nobody told me about Really? It. So what'd you do? You were just laying just there, elevated? <laughs> <laughs> Getting the blood flow? <laughs> just had my knee up. I was doing ice. Oh, and, my but gosh. Like, you know, honestly, like, uh, looking back at it, like, because, like, my second time, like. You tore it twice? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Carla. Like, trust me, I feel your pain. I feel like you were going oh, through. my gosh. This is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, like, the first time, and, you know, like, looking back at it, for me, I lost range of motion on my, my left knee because of it. 
because I didn't use that machine. Oh, the machine did wonders. Yeah. It helped so much. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I would have known about it. I would have been like, give me that ASAP. <laughs> so, after your second time, you, you come back in time for your junior year? Yeah, just in time. I didn't play summer ball. Uh-huh. So, I was fresh. Like, I was itching to get back on that court. Um, I actually did not wear... I wore a knee brace both times. Mm-hmm. Um... So this time around, they cleared me not to wear a knee brace. Okay. And so I was fresh. I was off the knee brace. I was, you know, feeling really good going to my junior year. Um. So junior year, you know, games. Let me, let me hype you up real quick for your junior year. <laughs> your junior year, after tearing your ACL, your freshman and sophomore year, your junior year, you came back to average 17 and a half points. What? Yeah. <laughs> 9.3 rebounds. So you Oh big my guard. gosh. 4 assists <laughs> and 2.4 steals. That's Wow. I did not know that. I think that's crazy like, you know from having to overcome those injuries and then coming back and having a year like that. Like what do you think is the hardest part of that injury like when you get back on the court? Knowing if you can play ball or not, mm-hmm. that mental part of the side yeah. was probably the hardest, difficult challenge to come o- overcome. Um, but I mean, everything else was hard. Everything's hard when you come back from energy. Yeah, I, I, I think that mental part gets for um, people forget about it. Like it's like I know for me personally, like when I played after, it was just like the fear of doing it again ah yeah and like playing like very like cautiously and not like what if i do this am i gonna like hurt it again or am i gonna hurt something else so it's definitely the mental side of that was probably the challenge to overcome for sure well obviously you did a good job (laughs) (laughs) so when you look back at your uh high school days what, what was uh the most memorable moments from your high school playing days Oh man, probably senior year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why is that? For sure, it was just like, you know, I just committed to Oregon. I was playing summer ball. The circuit was really fun. You know, I was having fun. I was loving the game. And then high school start, or you know, senior of my high school started, and it was just like everything was going right for me. It felt like nothing else could go wrong, and it's just like. You know, everything felt like it was deserving because of what I went through in high school, like my early years. And it just felt like it just felt like this is what I was supposed to be like before I got injured. Yeah, I I think you were definitely that your senior year, you were reaping the fruit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you guys went 32 and one. Mm -hmm. You were number one nationally ranked as a team. And you averaged 22, 8 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 3.3 steals per game. And this was a year during COVID, right? Yep. So let me tell you about that because (laughs) it was a really fun year. Like, I was like, dang, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Like, this is Uh how high school is supposed to feel coming off a great, you know, summer, just loving life, loving basketball. And so we... As you said, our record was, what, 33-2? and 32-1. Yeah. Oh, 32-1. And so um, we win the CIF championship, 
And so we move on to, I believe it was, oh, okay. So we won the semifinals um, for the South Division because it's North and Division, or North Division, South Division. And so we win the game against Windward. I had a 30-point game, 10 rebounds, I think. Yeah, I heard about that game. Yeah, no, I was balling out. Yeah, I was balling out. Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> they said I was reading about it. it like you went on a, you guys went on a fourteen-four run to end the game, and I think ten of the points were you, you, and then the other two or four points you assisted on. Yeah, so. no, I I was determined to get to the championship. <laughs> I've been wanting to win a state championship ever, since ever. Yeah. So we win that game, and then a couple of days later, we're chilling. You know, and then, you know, we heard about COVID. And it was like, no way. COVID's not going to, like, you know, shut down the states. Uh Like, we're still going to play in this championship game. Like, no way they're going to cancel it. And so we see on the news, Sacramento Kings game canceled due to COVID. I was like, okay. I mean, it's just one day. We can just play one game. And then they start canceling other games. And then we're like, dang. They are going to most likely cancel our game. And so... Our coach calls us, hey, let's meet in the team meeting room. She tells us, hey, our game is canceled due to COVID. And, you know, there were four seniors, so we were all just bawling our eyes out because we worked so hard for this just for our season end short because of illness. Yeah. And it was just completely silent. Uh You just hear sniffles and crying, and it's just like, dang. What are we gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, I know that, you know, I feel you. I feel like that took away so much from so many people. You know, like I know for you, you, you guys were gonna be in the state title then, mm-hmm. and then you we guys were. weren't allowed to play that because of COVID. Yeah, that for us, like we thought we were gonna win a national title. Yeah, you know, that was the that was the great year, the twenty twenty team right yeah, there. That's the team that's always talked about here. Always yeah. talked about, but it was just very heartbreaking. Then it goes to canceling school. Uh-huh. Then it goes to no graduation, no prom. And I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, literally all those events got canceled, and like the twenty twenty class didn't really get you know, their official goodbye of high school or, like, really experience the senior prom or, like, the senior festivities. So it was really sad and heartbreaking for that to happen due to COVID. It is sad, yeah. And, like, there's also two other events that got canceled that you didn't mention. It's the McDonald's All-American game. Mm. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I mean, it was very heartbreaking for that to happen, too, because I know, like, the 2020 class was loaded with talent. So, like, it would have been very nice to see what type of talent you have against other top talent in the nation. Right. But we still got our gear. Like, (laughs) we didn't even do nothing, and we still got our gear, which is, you know, pretty nice. It is nice. I I, I wish you guys could have competed against each other. Yeah, no, that would have been fun, because I know the 2020 class was loaded with talent. Yeah, your class is so good. Yeah, it's actually amazing. (laughs) I know. Uh, So, let's let's transition into college. So, uh, you, you made your commitment. You said you're... Uh, yeah, right before summer ball started. Okay, so you knew you were coming to Oregon. Yeah. And uh, can you share any of your insights in, into the recruitment process and, like, what factors were you considering when choosing a school? 
So when I tore both ACLs, you know, beginning of or at the end of my eighth grade year, I was getting a lot of calls from colleges and schools. And freshman year, those calls kind of died down because I got injured. And then it got picked up again freshman summer because I was, you know, playing again and then tore it again. And then the calls died down as well. I didn't hear a lot of, you know, calls from coaches. I didn't hear much from a lot of people because, you know, when you get ACL back-to-back injuries, you don't, you really get lost in that mix. But Oregon stayed true to, true to, um, to me and they kept calling and, you know, kept checking in with me. And so I took that to heart. Um, you know, when you really want somebody, you put all your heart into them and, you know, always, you know, check in on them and make sure you have that relationship with them. So they were one of the few schools that really stayed in touch with me during that whole injury process throughout my four years. And some of the factors that really made me want to come here was the family culture. They were amazing. They were great um, showing me the campus and touring everything. Um and that winning culture. Yeah. You know, they just came off that 2020 year with Sabrina and Sawtu and Ruthie and Mignon and Bowlies. So obviously they know a lot about winning. <laughs> so that's what I really wanted. And their pick and roll offense is what I'm really used to. And um, that's what really reeled me in was their offensive mindset and playing offense and not really defense because <laughs> defense is really not my strong suit so that was part of the um decision of me coming here <laughs> you know that's kind of been the knock on, uh, on oregon for a while now it's like we could shoot but we can't, we can't play, play defense <laughs> yeah but those are some of the great factors that caught my eye and, and that's why i committed here okay i see so once once you uh started playing you know in college or got got into some practices like what was what what did you notice was the biggest adjustment you had to make from high school to college um it was probably the timing of everything and just how fast college is and how big these girls are (laughs) like they are giant like you think six four is big no six seven six six going against them like that is something hard to do especially playing against like sedona uh-huh. <laughs> and Niara and yeah. playing against those bigs and who can move really well. They're really light on their feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Niara, I, I think she's so underrated with her defense. Oh, for sure. I love playing defense with her because she actually hedges mm-hmm. and like a really good hedge to help the point guard get back. And yeah. so it's like really easy to play with her because she does her job so well. So ultimate pro like, <laughs> oh such a pro and that's why she's in the pros right now exactly balling <laughs> exactly. Uh, should give her more playing time yeah she she should but that's just my political thing. stuff yeah i would make some changes to that all right make a trade yeah <laughs> she needs to get out of there i'm just playing <laughs> um yeah so um now you're in college and uh you're not, you're not playing the same competition as you were in high school. And um, obviously, like you, you mentioned, college is a lot harder. There's bigger people. There's better athletes. The game mm-hmm. is faster. Um, who was the first person to really give you some trouble or team that just got got to you that night? 
I'm going to have to say Stanford. I have not won against Stanford since really? I've been here. I've been like, oh, and something against them. And it's just like, what the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go, oh, and like something against, you know, a team. Mm -hmm. But I've beaten like every Pac-12 team besides Stanford. That's a good one. It is a good one because they're just so sound and like Coach Vande Vandeveer. Tara. Tara. I don't want to, you know. Gets their gets her players ready for the scout, and they're just so scout scout oriented, and they know like the pros and cons of a player, and like yeah. they play to like they make that player play to their weakness. Yeah, they know your habits exactly, and like that's why Stanford is probably the hardest team I played against for sure. That's a great one. I they're so disciplined, so disciplined, and it's just like I mean I've had like really. I probably had like two good games against them, uh -huh. but still lost. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that, you did have a great game against them too. Yeah, it was here at Oregon. Yeah, and then went at Stanford. But it's just like whenever I play them, it's just like I like I don't have a good night. Like I don't have a good day when I play them, and it's just like I can't get over that hunt when I yeah. play the Cardinal, and it's just like ticks me so bad. <laughs> I Yeah, no, they're they get their players ready to play in and out, and it's just like, dang, I yeah. gotta get a win before I graduate college. <laughs> Oof, that's tough. Um, and they're just like a well-oiled machine. That's what everybody says, you know. Like you're the player that is guarding you. If they get four fouls, they have another girl come in, and it's just like, dang. They're always deep. <laughs> yeah, super deep. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, when is this going to stop? Like, you don't get no rest through the 40 minutes of that game. And it's just like, dang. I know. Impressive. <laughs> you know, I, when I like to compare them to, like, a pro team, I would say they're, like, they kind of remind me of the Spurs. Like, Oh, in, for in the sure. They're so disciplined. You know? Yeah. Like, and obviously it starts with Tara. Mm -hmm. you know, she does a great job. But. That's actually a really good team to compare them to. But I don't really see them comparing a team from the W, if I think about it. That's a little tough for them. Yeah, that is a little tough. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I like about you, though, is you actually watch the game. Yeah, no, I really love watching the W because I want to be there someday. So That's good because like, <laughs> you'll be surprised how many like athletes I've talked to. Like, like, did you watch the game last night? Nope. Do you watch any games? Nope. Like, there's a reason you don't have a bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you, Yo. You, you don't watch the game. Like, I feel like that's the best way to learn. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. It is. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's got to be said. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you, you, you've been a part of Oregon for the last three years. A uh, big part of Oregon. I think, to me, you were like the face of Oregon the last three years. Um, especially for women's basketball, um, what what are your some of your most memorable moments or games from your college career at Oregon? Um, it definitely has to be that weekend when we played Arizona and UConn. Ooh, Those that were was that was a great weekend for me, and they were both ESPN Live. Yeah, and that was just. A great weekend for uh -huh. me and the squad. Yeah, and 
did you guys you guys beat Arizona on a buzzer beater? Was that the game, or did you guys just? I don't remember that. I, um, I don't think it was that buzzer beater game. No. It was a different one. Though. Yeah, it was a different one. But I do remember that weekend though, because you guys you guys smacked UConn. Yeah, we which, did. I mean, granted, they did have some injured yeah, players, but at the same healthy. time, you know. But still, you gotta play with the players that are on the court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, and they always have a good team. They're deep yeah, too. no, you know, for sure. One those, that's one of those teams that, like, you know, somebody goes down, somebody steps up. Exactly. You know? It sucks that Paige has been going through those injuries, but mm-hmm. like, cause she is amazing. Yeah, no, she's good. I would have loved that matchup. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was a good weekend. Yeah, um, no, that was a really fun weekend. Yeah. Oh, so let's let's transition into your experience with Team USA. So after, uh, what was this? After your your junior, you went to go play with uh, USA for the FIBA World Cup, or was that earlier? I think that was after my sophomore year. Okay. Sophomore year, going into junior year. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so what was that? What was it like to represent Team USA? Oh no no no. It wasn't. I think it was freshman going to sophomore year because it, it was still COVID restriction because I remember we had our own room and we still had to wear masks. And yeah, I think it was freshman going to sophomore year summer. Okay. Okay. But that was, I, I remember that though, but that, that was when you guys went to the, for the World Cup though thing, right? The FIBA World Cup? Mm, the U19? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay. I remember now. <laughs> So what what was it like to represent uh, Team USA in those competitions? You know, actually, I tried out for U16 and 17 earlier in high school, Uh but I got cut, so we don't need to worry about that. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I got cut both times, so I was like, you know what, let me try this out again, Mm -hmm. because I know my ability to play and compete with the top talent. I know I'll make the team. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I love playing for USA. I love having those three letters across my chest and being able to meet other players and being able to have that commodity with them. And it was a really fun time, but at the same time, it was kind of hard because of COVID when there's the restrictions. So you had to go practice and then you go back to your room by yourself, go practice, see the other girls, go to your room by yourself. So it was just like, it was fun, but at the same time, kind of hard because you weren't able to really get to talk to your teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you guys also smacked everybody. Yeah, no, it was light work. <laughs> but the girls that were on the team, they were really good. And, you know, it was coached by um, Coach Corey from UC- UCLA. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just a really fun time. Um, I did lose a lot of weight because I didn't like the food from... Um, Spain or Hungary. Oh, really? Yeah, I lost a ton of weight. <laughs> you just weren't eating I was just not eating. Like, I probably ate, like, a piece of bread, like, at least every day. Wow. Yeah, it was really hard and probably watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you guys were um, over there, um, did you guys get to scrimmage a lot? Um, We did have an exhibition game in Spain. Uh-huh. Well, I, this is, I mean, amongst yourselves. Oh, no. No. No, we didn't do that. Yeah, not at all. See, we even played against like older guys and uh, when we we're in the states, and we did not play against our, amongst ourselves. Uh, interesting. I see, because like 
every time I think about Team USA, I'm like, man, I feel like when you guys scrimmage at practice, that would be the best. Like, just yeah, I also feel like it depends on the coaching. Yeah. And, like, I think it was just, like, to preserve players, you know, just in case someone gets hurt, then you, you just don't want to, you know, keep getting players hurt. <laughs> and then, <laughs> But I would have loved to play against amongst ourselves. There were some really great players on that team. Yeah, you guys had a squad. Yeah, no, it was really fun. So let's let's transition. Let's uh let's talk about this portal a little bit. You know, you made a, <laughs> you made a big move, right? I sure um, did. So let's just jump right into it. What factors influence your decision to enter the transfer portal? Um it was a lot of factors going to my decision into the portal. So freshman sophomore year here at Oregon, um, you know, it was pretty good. I did what I could. I don't think I was satisfied, though, with my performance and how I played here at Oregon because I know the expectations of playing here at Oregon are. And, um, well, let me start with this. I came with four other All-American girls. Yeah. Um, Sydney Parrish, Angela Dugalich, Kylie Watson, Maddie Shear, and then you have me. And so, you know, we played a little together. Um, Andrew's actually the first one that left yeah. freshman year. She went to UCLA. She was doing really well. She also tore ACL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now she's going to play for the Serbian team this summer. Um, and then the next year, sophomore year, it was okay. We we did all right. I think that's when we lost in the first round. Yeah, we lost in uh-huh. the first round in Belmont. And then... Sid, Kylie, and Maddie left. Yeah. They told me right at the tournament, like, hey, we're leaving, like, you know, thanks for a great year. <laughs> and so they told me that they were leaving, but I didn't know where. Right. And so um, it was a really big decision for me that year. Sophomore year, you know, we lost in the first round. Nyar was leaving. Sedona. Oh, yeah, Sedona was coming back. But Nyar was leaving. Like, everyone was leaving me. Mm-hmm. And... It was, I actually left, like, I didn't want to see my family. I didn't want any contact from anybody. Like, I literally was by myself with my thoughts for, like, a good week. Like, yeah. um, I mean, I went to go see a friend who's now my boyfriend, but we don't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> so I spent a week with him. You know, my mom, my dad, my brother's calling me. I'm like, hey, don't call me. Like, this is a big decision for me to make. Like, right. Everyone's leaving and everyone's wondering what I'm going to do at this point. Yeah. Like even on even the fans on Twitter, like, oh, yeah. where is Tahina going? Like, is she going to stay? Is she going to go? You know, Sid, Kylie, Maddie and them left. And like other like people left too, like Shania. Um, who else left? Do you remember? Were you part of that? It was yeah, Shania. We've had a lot of We've had a lot of transfers. It was Shania got Yeah, T Mike. That was my first year. So from the first year the transfers were uh T C Tara Travis, Tyler Mikesell, Jazz Shelley, um, Angela. Um Is that it? I think it was four. Yeah. And then the next year it was Kylie, Maddie, Sid, Shania. Um, I forgot others, but dang, a lot of people left. Okay, I'm trying to think if we're missing somebody. Not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure. So it was really just 
you know, it's been my squad. So, like, anyways, I was by myself with my thoughts and, like, my family's pushing me to leave. They want me to go in the portal. They want me to go somewhere else. Uh And so I call my dad. I'm like, hey, you know, growing up, you taught me all about loyalty. You taught me about being true to yourself. Like AAU, I played for the same coach. I played for T-BAM since fifth grade all the way to my senior year. So obviously I know a little about loyalty (laughs) and being true to yourself. I'm like, dad. I'm going to put my foot down and be like, I'm staying here at Oregon. Uh-huh. I f- feel like in my heart, it's going to be a better year than it has been these last two years. And I just feel like we're going to do a lot of big things. And there's a lot of good players coming in, like Ray's Chance. Yeah. Um, Philly, we're still developing Philly at this point. And I'm just like, Dad, I, I feel like my heart is telling me to stay. I feel like it's going to be a great year. Um I'm staying home for summer. I'm going to train home and I'm excited. Like I'm going to, and then I sent out a tweet. Like, I don't know if you saw that on my Twitter, but, um, I tweeted out like, Hey, like 12 is not going anywhere. Um, she's staying like for the people that are coming in, like make sure you're locked in and know that it's going to be a big year for us. It's going to be an exciting year. And so I decided to stay. And so junior year comes. I'm just going to go down the timeline to when I enter the portal. Okay. And so junior year comes. Um, we had a great summer. We had um, a lot of team bonding. I think that's what we lacked in the past. So we did a lot of team bonding with uh, the coaching staff, the players. And, you know, we started off really good. We had a great showing at the uh, Phil Knight Invitational. Yeah. Um, you know, I started off really well, hot, red hot. And then... Middle of the season, I had a little breakdown. I had a little slump. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, about seven games in. I just couldn't make anything. I was second-guessing myself. I was losing that confidence that I had years past, and I know that, like, I was like, what is going on? Like, mm-hmm. what can I do to get me out of this slump? So I know a lot of people struggle with mental health and, like, I even, like, to be truthful, like, I didn't even believe in mental health. Like, I I believe, like, like that's not a thing. Like, there's no way mental health's a thing. Like, who cares about mental health? <laughs> like, that was me being ignorant and, like, not being aware of what could happen to someone's mental health. And then going through it, I was like, wow, I am so sorry for saying all these things about mental health and just not being very aware of mental health because I went through it I've never gone through a slump that I had before my junior year so I didn't know how to deal with that and so it was like seven games in like my mental health was all over the place I was crying every game I was like legit crying and like I didn't tell anybody because like I'm just not that type of person to tell people about that like I don't want to be viewed as someone who isn't you know mentally strong or like Or not be viewed mentally weak. And so that mental part is actually real as hell. It is alive and well. (laughs) And so I know T-Mike, I know some people struggled with it. And, you know, I hit up a lot of pro athletes. I hit up KP. I hit up Sabrina. I hit up a lot of players who've been through college experience and who has 
been through that mental side of it. And like KP told me, like college is all about that mental. Yeah. Like you can be physically well, you can be like often well, but that mental part, if you're not mentally strong, it can get to you. And it got to me. And my confidence was at an all-time low. Like, all this, even my parents, like, you could tell, like, on the court, I was not enjoying the game of basketball. Like, I knew I would. And it was just really hard to get through that because, um, just like I said, I never experienced it before. But having that support, like we talked about earlier, the family aspect and that they really helped me get through it because they knew what I was going through. They knew that like I was not having fun with the game that I love. And so just having them hear it, like, Hey, like keep pushing, like better days are ahead. You just got to keep going. Like, I know it may not be sunshine and rainbows right now, but it can't storm forever. Right. And so that, my family support helped so much get me through that mental health side of things and and you know speaking to other athletes and hearing their side of things helped me a lot as well and i just hope that a lot of people have someone they could reach out to and right. that mental health is really important yeah it's not a game <laughs> so that goes and then I don't know, something just clicked. Um, We were at the Washingtons, and something just clicked. Uh And I was like, I control my destiny. I can do this. Like, I can get through this. Like, and I had one of the greatest games ever. Like, I I think we lost that game still. But, like, in my heart, I knew I performed the way I knew that I could. But even though we lost, it just felt like a win to me because it felt like I was back to being myself again. Right. And so from that game on, I... I did really well. I shot the ball really well. I was doing a lot of assists. I was playing the game that I knew I could play, but I knew I could be better. But we ended up not winning enough games to get into the NCAA tournament. So we went into the WNIT, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of heartbreaking because, you know, who wants to play in the WNIT? <laughs> I Exactly, but like it's, it was still a great opportunity to play in because not a lot of teams get that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams weren't playing mm-hmm. while we were playing. And so we do that, and then we lose against Washington in the third round, I believe. What is that, like Elite Eight or something? They call it the Super Eight. Oh, the Super Eight. <laughs> the Super Eight. The knockoff, that. yeah. <laughs> the JV tournament. But um I kept track. <laughs> yeah, so we lost against Washington. And so I just had a well, I took a cup I took a week off and just think about things and I was like, the portal looks really good right now. <laughs> um just talking with my family and thinking about what happened in the middle of the season and how it came to it and just how everything went down from there. I mean, I ended on a good note. Like, I wanted to end on a good note. Like, you always want to end on a good note. But um, just looking back, I was just like, dang, I really did have that slump. And, like, you know, there were a lot of factors into it. You know what's interesting? Even though you had that slump as you were going through it, you know you ended uh, the season shooting 42% in the three? <laughs> which was your best year. 
that you've had. Yeah, that's wild. This wild. <laughs> you also shot 88% from the free throw line, which was also your best of the three years you've played. And you also shot 44 from the field, which was your best for the three years. Wow. I'm not really a stats girl, but hearing that, yeah. I was like, dang, I didn't even know that for real. Well, the thing is, like, I mean, a lot of people probably don't know this, but, like, the thing I, I love about you is you are a gym rat. Like, yeah. You know, like, when we would have days off, I can always count on you to send me a text, like, hey, <laughs> I want to go get shots up. So I'm like, I don't have no days off. <laughs> I was going to hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I, yeah. Like, I feel like that that's what made you you. You know, like, yeah, you, you had your slump, but you got out of it. You had some great games. like. Yeah. And I, you know what, like, the problem is, like, people these days, like, even on the off days, like, you don't have to go game speed you don't have to go really hard like all you got to do is like some form shooting and make sure that like everything's feeling good feeling well like you can even go in with like tennis shoes and just like put shots up like just make sure you have that feel and making sure that everything is like good like coming off your hand like a lot of people just go like super hard on their days off i'm like bro that's like you don't want to do that (laughs) especially during season like shorter practices games every other or like every week like you just have to like listen to your body exactly that's the best way to put it <laughs> listen to your body yeah exactly get in that work because <laughs> practice isn't enough like yeah no practice is not enough practice must be hard as well yeah. and when you get to the games it's supposed to be easy well not easy but like you know yeah. it's supposed to be free and you're supposed to be having fun and like you you know that you put in the work yeah. to get to where you are yeah so the results show yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Exactly. So, and then you ended up. Let's see. So you entered the transfer portal. Uh, so can you walk us through the the process of entering the transfer portal and what it was like navigating through like potential options? Yeah, I had no idea how the transfer portal worked. Right. Like I thought you just like announce it on Twitter and then you just magically go to the school. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I didn't know you had to do all this paperwork. I didn't know you had to do this. You didn't have to do that. But I did have a great resource, my best friend Kylie, oh, yeah. who also transferred to Notre Dame um, the year before. So she helped me a lot uh-huh. with that process. Um, so I told her that. I was like, hey, I'm in the portal. Like, um, what do I do? Uh-huh. So first, you have to, like, send an email to compliance saying that you'll be entering the transfer portal and then an email will be sent out to other coaches or like to coaches that that will let you know that this player's in the portal and so um i emailed compliance like hey i'll be entering the transfer portal like can you put my name in the portal Mm -hmm. and so you had to fill out this paperwork and then they get back to you and then they're like okay we'll be sending out the email within a day or two and they sent it out and i think the day of they sent it out i was getting a bunch of calls okay i was getting calls my dad was getting calls my coach was getting calls i mind you i forgot to tell my high school coach t bam that i for, i was in the transfer portal uh-huh. so she was wondering why she was getting all these calls yeah and i was like oh i forgot to tell you i'm in the portal yeah. <laughs> I think everybody was like oh my gosh Tina entered the portal everyone was a little shocked yeah it was it was a big step for me because it was really hard for me to do that but like, um, I had to um, wait till school started, uh-huh. so I could get paid. <laughs> yeah. So if I didn't put my name when school started, I wouldn't have get 
I wouldn't have gotten paid that stipend for the two months for May and June. Interesting. Yeah. Um, or for April and May. And so that's what Kylie told me, like, hey, put your name in the portal right when school starts so you can get paid. Because yeah. we didn't do that. Shout out to Kylie. Yeah, shout out to Kai because she helped me a bunch. Like, I was like, okay, when should I, like, you know, put my name in the portal? She said, wait till school starts so you can get that stipend. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is so clutch because what am I going to do for work? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just living the student life now, uh-huh. <laughs> which I meant to say I I kind of like it, like it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's like, yeah, make sure you get um, name in the portal when school starts to get paid. And so I was getting a bunch of calls. I was getting calls from all over the place. I was getting calls from Texas and, you know, Pac-12 schools. And my dad was getting calls from like Baylor and other SEC schools and Big 12 schools. And my coach was getting like calls, too. And I was like, I was like, OK. That's cool. Like, I was just taking calls, talking to coaches. Mind you, it wasn't like this coming out of high school or, like, looking, getting recruited for high school. It was way crazier in the portal than it was for high school. Right. And so it was just a really fun experience because I had never really gotten calls from coaches just because in high school my dad took the coach took the um the calls because uh-huh. i told my dad like hey no east coast or midwest schools like right. i'm not going anywhere over there so you can tell the coaches like hey tahina's not interested like she's going to stay on the west coast near her family okay. and so it was just basically pac-12 schools at that point but like getting all these calls from these coaches just reminded me of how like really good player i am right. even coming off that junior year like they still wanted me as yeah. a player like that says a lot to who I am and like having coaches still want me was like a blessing because like people coming off a year that I had even though the the stats look good on you know on paper but like just knowing that coaches still wanted me it was actually like you know like I said a great blessing in disguise because not a lot of players are able to get the calls that I got from like other schools right yeah, I mean, some people enter the transfer portal and they'll find a school. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I was just really grateful that coaches still wanted me, even though I didn't want to end the year that, like, I did. But it was a really great blessing. And then a couple of days went in. I didn't know where I wanted to go at uh-huh. that point because I was just getting a lot of calls from coaches and just listening, listening to them and, like, knowing what they want to do with me and their program. And so I was just taking calls, like, hey, coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then T-Bam calls me. She goes, hey, um, South Carolina wants to talk to you. <laughs> I was like, huh, what? South Carolina, like South Carolina Gamecocks, like that South Carolina? Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, I just got off the phone with Dawn. I was like, Dawn Staley? <laughs> she was like, yeah, Dawn Staley and um, the other coach wants to talk to you. They were on the uh, phone with me. I was like, Okay, yeah, I'd love to talk to them. Give them my number. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, all right, well, I'll give them the number and they'll call you in like a few minutes. Mind you, I was on my way to class. Like I was driving to class. I had to pull over to talk to Dawn Staley oh, really? because I did not believe that South Carolina wanted me. Oh. And like, like, mind you, like I wasn't thinking South Carolina was not going to hit me up. But I had like a feeling that they would because of how... They ended their final four game 
And it just goes to show that they needed someone like me. Like in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm in the portal. Like maybe South Carolina will hit me up. They need someone like me to help their program, you know, win another national championship. But, you know, that was in the back of my head. Like that won't be true. But I called Dawn or they called me and it was a really good conversation. Like I really loved her energy and like the assistant coach's energy. And I just really loved their energy. Like, this was early in the morning too. So it ended like it started my day off really well. Like yeah. I was like very hyped about South Carolina. And like after that call, I immediately called my brother. I was like, yo, guess who called me? And he was like, who? I was like, Don Staley from South Carolina. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah. Like I literally just got off the phone with South Carolina, bro. Like that was wild to me. Like in my head, I'm like, damn, South Carolina, bro. Like, that is wild. <laughs> oh my gosh. When I, when I saw that you committed there, I was like, wow. Like, that blew my mind. Bro, Carlos, when I tell you, like, South Carolina, bro, like, that was wild. Like, I mean, you know, you had other top, like, top schools talking to you, but, like, South Carolina, though, like, that's elite of the elitist, bro. Yeah, I mean, they were undefeated up until that point. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. And then, but let me tell you this, though. So, South Carolina called, and then um, I was like, yeah, all right. Let me call these other coaches. Be like, okay, I'm not interested in you guys. <laughs> like, sorry. Like, I'm moving on. And my brother texted me, like, hey, LSU is supposed to call you, like, at this time tomorrow. Uh-huh. And so I was expecting a call. And then I see that Van Lith is in the transfer portal. Uh-huh. But she marked the thing on the... Uh, no calls like she doesn't want to get contacted that's what she marked like don't get contacted which tells me like oh damn she knows where she's going right and so i was supposed to lsu was supposed to call me at 10 a.m the next day i was looking at my phone 10 a.m 10 05 10 10 10 15 i'm like okay they must have forgot or like they're gonna text me like hey we're gonna hit you up i got no call nothing from lsu Yeah, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> like, Twitter was saying, like, Van Lith is going to, gonna, going to go to LSU because Mulkey recruited her yeah. at Baylor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's a done deal. Like, they chose Van Lith over me. I was like, okay. Yeah, I think that's still a little crazy that they didn't, like, reach out to let you know, like, hey, we're going to go a different route. Yeah, like, you know, but... While you're sitting there waiting. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was, like, sad. But at the same time, like, okay, that fueled me even more. Like, yeah. all right, LSU, you can like kiss my ass, but <laughs> you'll see them now. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like really excited to see them and just be able to, you know, play against them and in, in that atmosphere. But knowing that they like went a different route without letting me know, though, like that, like really like did something to me. Like that just added more motivation to me, and you know, I was like, all right. F y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, like, you gotta take it personal. I mean, I would. I think it's rude that they didn't at least let you know, and you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah, no, I think it was very rude, but at the same time, it's just business. At the same time, and you know, college basketball is business it at is. this point. <laughs> it is business. At this point, it is. They're so after they didn't call me, I was like, all right, y'all, y'all are in for a rude awakening. Um, so they didn't call me next week goes by called these other coaches this time I've narrowed down my list like I think it was 
TCU just because Mark Campbell was over there and Travi. Oh, that was an option? Oh, yeah. It was definitely an option because if SC didn't call, I probably would have went to TCU just because I really like Mark and helped them build that program up. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, I don't really want to build up a program. Yeah. I want to go into a program that's already built. Yeah. And already on a national stage. Like, there's no way, like, I don't think my body can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Playing, like, 39 minutes every night. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I, I feel you. I mean... You got, do you have two years left because of COVID, or do you only have one? I do have two years with COVID, and I think I'm going to take it because yeah. I want to stay in college as long as I can to make that bread. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. There's no rush to the WNBA right now. I mean, I'm hoping in, like, the next year or two they expand. But Yeah, and it's, like, kind of annoying because they've been talking about it, but no action has been taken. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, you have all this great talent, but they're – not being showcased because of the limited roster spots and now everyone's going overseas because of it and it's just like half the draft class from this year got waived which is so wild to me very wild and it's just like really annoying like you're just telling these other kids like you know we're not going to expand like you're going to have to you know keep playing with people that have been in the league for quite a while now which has I don't have anything against it because they're moving basketball right along but at the same time it's like you need to create more teams because of how much talent there is in this in this world you know, in this country i agree with you like there's like i mean for different reasons i also think like if you're having a draft and these girls are getting drafted it's their dream then they go to training camp and they get waived and they're a first round pick like you don't see that in the nba Oh, yeah, for sure. I also think they should have a G League for the women's teams because there's, like, say, like, Chicago Sky, they're down bad right now. Like, they literally have, like, four players out due to, like, maternity leave, injury, foot surgery, um, and an injury. So when you have players like that, you can bring other players from that league to help you out a little bit to add more bodies to your team. And they're, they're in shape. They are still playing, and they are still able to help other teams who are down bad with the players to help them win games. Uh-huh. Win games or even—you just need bodies at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the WNBA, definitely. I, I mean, I would love an, a G League for the WNBA because, like like I said, there's so much talent that's, like— I, I see some of the players that aren't playing. And I, the thing is, too, like, the young talent that's coming up, so good. Oh, dude, the next— Two three years of the draft are gonna be the best draft classes yeah. in the history of W. <laughs> yeah, and like it's gonna be really hard to make the W when there's only that certain amount of teams and roster spots. Well, I already think it's the hardest league to. Oh, to. by far, yeah. it's yes, by far, yeah. and it's just like hard because Kathy, the you know, what is it, commissioner? Yeah, she isn't doing anything for it. <laughs> like you have these young stars, Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, um, Angel Reese, Haley Van Lith, who have such a big platform and brand. Yeah. And they're gonna get drafted, and then they get waived. Like, how are you gonna bring more awareness to the W when you draft the players with a big platform? For example, this year was Brea Beal, um, Alexis Morris. Like those big names, they all got waived, and now no one talks about it because. They got waived. Yeah. 
but they have such big followings. It's just really hard to follow the W when you keep cutting players with big, big brand names, and it's just like really hard to expand the league when you don't take any action for that. Yeah, and, and you know, I want to see those players play. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like a lot of like college players, they have a lot of fan following, and they want to see their player compete against the best in the world. And it's hard to do that when there's only a certain number of roster spots. Yeah, I'm, there's definitely got to be some work. So, like, I don't blame you. Like, take your time in college, two years, and you're going to be at South Carolina. Your brand is just going to grow from there, you know. And, that, like, from what I've seen with Don Staley, like, they do some good stuff over there. Oh, man, Don is Don Dada. Like, <laughs> she is an amazing person. My family loves her. She literally responds to my dad's texts and like she literally responds to everybody. You can see her active on social media and she's just an active person who is really fun to be around with. I spent a weekend with her and I literally just want to like play for her already. And she's just an awesome person with an awesome staff. Yeah. I, me personally, like from afar, I've admired her. Like, like every time she speaks like in interviews i like hearing what she has to say like she's well spoken Mm -hmm. she's great and honestly like i can't wait to see you guys you know yeah no i'm really excited to learn from her because she was a point guard herself yeah and um the team that i'm coming in with they're a bunch of youngsters they haven't touched the floor as much as i have um me and cordoso are the veterans on the team i mean raven played She's, you know, Raven Johnson. She played a little, well, not a little, but she played a lot of the majority of the minutes than she, than the other players. So it's going to be a young team this year. And I'm just excited to learn from Don because she obviously can put players in the league. I mean, look at Asia Wilson, Leah Boston, Zaya Cook, um, Tiffany Mitchell. Who else is there? Um, yeah, there you go. And I think it's Ty Harris. Like, she puts... Yeah, women yep. in the W. Oh, yeah, and they're does. thriving. Look at Aaliyah Boston. She's already thriving for Indiana Fever. Like, she gets her players ready. And I think that's another part of the W's. Like, you know, the NBA has a lot of time to prepare their players for the league. Yeah. But the W, right when you're out of college, you got to be prepared right away to be in the pro league. I know. It's, so, it's such a quick turnaround. And, like, that week of training camp doesn't do anything for those who want to make a team. Right. Because you have to be prepared right away for the W. And I think that Dawn Dada is hopefully which I can call her, <laughs> if I can call her that. And I feel like she'll get me prepared for the W when I need to be and be where I'm at, which is another factor of why I want to go there. Yeah, no, I— I think she. I think she does a great job of getting her players ready for the next level, and man, like you, there's, there's, you're definitely gonna learn a lot, you know. And I, I really do think the SEC is gonna be a great conference this year. I mean, I think they showed it last year in the tournament. Oh, they are for sure loaded. But like, it's also weird because I'm coming from a conference that is, um, scout oriented, very methodical very you know um scout oriented did i say that i don't even remember but they're just really methodical with how they want to move and like their players are players that don't um like they're not athletes Uh they're very critical about the steps they're making within the next play or the next player like 
the play beyond and like you look at the sec it's like made of a bunch of athletes playing fast playing strong playing up and down up and down and then you get to the pac-12 and it's just like very methodical very um robotic if that makes sense and i want to say robotic but it's just like something that like you have to take your time thinking about i I get what you're saying because it's like what we said about stanford they're like a well-oiled machine exactly and like you compare that to the sec you got two different worlds yeah and so the sec is going to be very fascinating to play in Um, I'm really excited for the tempo and the pace because I like to play up and down. And um, I know that another factor was that they're going to help me become a well-around player. They're going to help me play defense. They're going to help me get in a defensive stance and play defense. Like, that's something I need to work on. Like, offense will come. Like, Uh all you got to do is work on offense, like get in the gym. Like, that's a no-brainer. But defense, defense is very hard to play, so... Um, that's going to be one of the factors I'm excited about improving and just playing the SEC is going to be a wow factor because a lot of players transfer the SEC. They are loaded. <laughs> I got some, some games. I want, I really want to see you guys against LSU. I want to I want to see you guys against Texas A&M now that Indy's there. Yeah, that's um, going to be exciting. And also one of my USA teammates is on there too, Lauren Ware. She oh yeah. uh she played at Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And now she went to Texas A&M. So, it's going to be a very fun year for the SEC. It's definitely going to be different yeah. than it is um from the Pac-12, but I'm just excited to learn and play in the SEC. I know. And be- think about this. Huh. There's like literally private planes because of how they're um, schedule is built. They fly private. They fly private. I didn't know that. They fly private. That's it's either that or is it is just S or SC, but they literally fly private because of their schedule. Well, that's nice. That is very. <laughs> <laughs> that is so nice, and I just really love how SEC has like their own, like athletic trainer. They have their own academic advisor, their own masseuse. Like, bro, what? Like the masseuse literally travels with them on the road. Really? Yeah. Wow, so they got it all right now. They got it all. So, like, you know how, like, academic advisors work with other teams and, like, their strength and conditioning coach, like, goes with other teams. But South Carolina literally has their own of everything. Like, their own athletic trainer, their own strength and conditioning coach, their own masseuse, their own academic advisor, their own this and that. Like, everything is set for them. To be successful. To be successful. Like, their main job is to help us become better on and off the court. That's that's awesome. And, you know, I think that starts with Don Staley. Oh, know? for sure. Like, she's literally built a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited, though, because a lot of people are sleeping on SC because of how the four seniors left. Uh-huh. And so I'm really excited to see what this team can do and how far it can go. Yeah, you guys got talents, though. You guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, like, the freshman class coming in, they're going to be able to learn a lot. Yeah. And I'll say this, too. LSU are no it was Iowa it was Iowa not LSU Iowa won't, won't be able to do that against you guys now you know they, oh yeah for they, sure they it was game. yeah <laughs> you know, what, what were your thoughts on that because like when I saw it I was like why doesn't she just pull up for a mid-range you know she's got all that space yeah it was kind of odd to me <laughs> I think at the same time she was sticking to the scouting report 
and th- sure. sticking to the offense. Like, give it to Leah Boston, who's guarded by five players right now. Yeah. And I think in her head, she was like, you got to stick to the to the game script. Like, uh-huh. I can't change the game script because, I don't know. It was just very odd to me. Like, It was interesting how they were playing it. But, like, that's the thing. Like, other teams wanted to play South Carolina like that, but they didn't have, like, the right pieces to uh-huh. play like that. Like, South Carolina couldn't shoot the ball, like, Oh, yeah. Since I mean, the beginning of the year. That was like the game plan against them the whole, whole year. Yeah, and like I was the only team that could execute it that well. Uh-huh. And other teams were trying to do it too, but they didn't execute it as well as Iowa did. Yeah. So I think Iowa showed they're very much non-shooting team. <laughs> the South Carolina was a non-shooting team and depended on Aaliyah Boston and Cordoso and um, Leticia. So... It was just very odd to me. <laughs> it, it was a interesting game and in how that all unfolded, you know. Um, she did hit some big shots, though. Yeah, she did, but at the same time, it was just like, that's so disrespectful, but at the same time, it's part of the scouting report. You got to yeah. play to the scouting report to the T, and that's how we probably would have played South Carolina if we ever played against them. Right. <laughs> Well, they won't be able to do that anymore. Yeah, no, they wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> like I said, you know, what, you shot, what did I say? You shot forty-two from the three. Yeah, it's it's gonna be different. Um, well, let's let us let us see. So, what advice would you give to young aspiring basketball players who hope to play at this level? The advice I would give to younger athletes trying to get to this level is listen to your body and how it's very important for you to listen to your body because you only know what you're going through. Right. Um, always have fun. Try to find the fun in the game that you love. Um... What's another one? Build relationships. Uh-huh. Relationships are very important in the world because yeah. they can get you anywhere. Relationships and connections and friendships and um, just build a relationship and be genuine about it. Right. Like I think that's what the world lacks right now is relationships that aren't genuine. Um, and make sure that your support is genuine as well right (laughs) and make sure they are there for you and they want the best for you and that it can't storm forever right that's awesome yeah so do you want to leave us with the one of your favorite quotes that you live by just to end on on that note um well i have a tatted on me i have a um crown okay right there that says uh, Philippians three thirteen through fourteen, and I got it during that little slump I had okay. as a reminder that um, it's a verse that is like um, I'm gonna summarize it. That is um, leave those days behind and look forward to those days ahead, and glorify God while doing it. And I think that verse got me through it. And God has always been there for me and my family and. That's a quote I live by. And uh, just to love yourself. <laughs> awesome. Thank you.
thank you. I, well, I really appreciate your time and thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, no, this was awesome. Thanks, Carlos. I hope you get an A. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, that'll be it. Thank you.